0: You're listening to episode 16 of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast.
1: Brent Haseker, your host of the Bass Guitar Worship Blender podcast. And boy, am I excited about this uh, episode because I've got an interview with Travis Dykes. If you don't know who Travis Dykes is, he is a gospel bass player based out of Nashville, Tennessee. And he has a video channel that has, gosh, over 65,000 subscribers. He's also got a video on there that's got over a million views. So he's definitely somebody who's, who's, uh, uh, making some waves on uh, on YouTube and uh, just his content is really good there. You got to check it out, Travis Dykes and Dykes is spelled D-Y-K-E-S and he's got lessons on there. He's got playing uh, along to different tracks. He shows you how to play bass parts to some you know really cool grooves. And so I said, hey Travis, uh, like to have you on the podcast. He was uh, he was generous enough to give us some. Time and allow me to interview him. And um, it's kind of funny, we were actually intending to have this podcast last week, is when we were going to record it. But um, we had some technical difficulties, which actually ended up being a blessing in disguise because uh, Travis doesn't know this, but I actually uh, got COVID. Um, so a few days before our original uh, uh, interview time that we had scheduled, um, I was pretty sick. <laughs> so, um, I was kinda, even though I, you know, I felt bad, you know, cause that we legitimately had some technical difficulties and we had to postpone, but I was, I was a little relieved because I was exhausted last week and I don't know how well of an interviewer I would have been then. So anyway, we rescheduled it and, uh, recorded it today, earlier today. It's a Saturday as I record this and oh gosh, today was a much better day for me. Um, um, Sickness-wise, because I'm kind of I'm on the tail end of the COVID now, so I was actually able to uh, to actually do an interview and and uh, survive it <laughs> because last week I was exhausted just just picking up the phone. I was like, Oh gosh, this is going to be rough. But, uh, yeah. So anyway, um, getting over the COVID, thank God for that. And, uh, boy, I tell you that stuff is, that stuff is nasty. Um, I know it impacts everybody a little differently and some people easier or harder than others. And I was probably somewhere in the middle there, but, um, yeah, I'm glad I'm on the tail end of it. Uh, but boy, I'm still, I'm still the energy level. It just, it, Oh, it takes it out of you. So anyway, let's get started on the interview with, uh, Travis, I think you're really going to enjoy this. Again, he is an exceptional gospel bass player. He's also being sponsored by Sweetwater now, uh, so he's, he's doing some cool stuff, teaming up with Sweet, Sweetwater, doing some videos with them. So anyway, I think you're really going to enjoy this, uh, this interview with Travis Dykes.
2: An interview with Travis
1: Dykes. Tell us a little bit of history about you as a bass player. How long have you been playing? How did how, you learn? And what are your major influences? You know, the, the general rundown for us.
0: Well, um, honestly, I started playing bass. Well, I've got to go back a little bit. Actually, I started playing drums when I was five years old. And, okay. um, and I went from playing drums uh, to playing uh, guitar. Um, and then mm-hmm. from guitar, uh, I was playing guitar, and um, I went from that to playing like percussion and stuff like that, and started playing in church, uh, playing in my church back in Birmingham, Alabama, which is where, where I come from and where I was raised. Um, and so I, I, that's how I started out in music. And then from there, I uh, I was playing at my church and just kind of doing my thing there and just kind of growing and everything. And then one time I heard my music pastor say, it's like she was, she was just like, man, I wish we had some more bass players. I guess a couple of people moved out of town, and so we only had like one bass player or whatever. And I was just like, I thought, so I play guitar at the church, I play drums at the church. I was like, what can I, you know, maybe I could, you know, play a little, uh, pick up the bass. It didn't seem like it's, yeah. you know, that crazy hard or whatever. And so, <laughs> so I was uh, my at my church. They, for some reason, they had all these just random basses like um, in storage, and I was like, I was looking like it was like uh, some Fender Jazz bases. Most, uh, pretty much all of them were Fender Jazz bases. But I was just like, maybe I could take my, this four-four string and see if the, uh, the pastor let me, you know, borrow it. And I asked him, and he was just like, he's like, yeah, man, take it. He's like, take it, learn, you know. He's like, he's like, um, he said maybe in six months to a year you could be, you know, playing on the platform, and I was just like. Six months to a year?
2: Man, that sounds like a long time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And so so I I literally uh, just, I took it and I just like just just dove into it, just like learned as much as I can, through books and just everything. And I was playing my first service in two months after first taking it home. And so I started to learn, and, and that's literally where it started for me when I was about 13 years old. Um, because cool. I started to develop, develop a love for it. And then, uh, and yeah, so that was, uh, then, and then I went to college and had a few music classes and stuff like that. And, and now I'm, uh, doing music today.
1: Do <laughs> you still play any guitar or drums now? Or are you, are you pretty much bass now?
0: No, I still play uh, guitar and drums because I, I'm a, pr- I produce, like I do a lot more like production and stuff like that for songs and everything okay. like that. And so it kind of keeps me a little up on my guitar playing, but not really on my drum, drumming. Like I haven't really played drums in a while. But but, uh, but my guitar, guitar, and like even like piano now, like uh, it's kind of pushed me to like have um to to stay stay uh, growing at, at them rather than just like kind of just being monotonous or whatever
1: yeah yeah well th- yeah and in drums it's like with bass players and it, i mean it's we kind of have a, a a thing with drums we kind of understand them pretty well so usually a bass player can transition to drums pretty well or vice versa so that would make sense that you, you started on drums yeah
0: well well and honestly to me i feel like drum or like bass is like a mixture between like guitar and drums you know it's, it's yeah. like it's like that the in between there or it's just like, it's not necessarily, it's not necessarily like just all like guitar and like solo and stuff like that. But it's, but it's a part rhythm, you know, it's a part of right. the rhythmic nature. And I, I love that so much.
1: Yeah, that's cool. It's a good way to think about it. It's kind of part drums, part guitar. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Well, well, your your bass video cover of Love Theory by Kirk Franklin has been a big hit for you. It's got over a million views on your YouTube channel, which is quite impressive. Now, uh, this is going to seem like a really yeah, this is going to seem like a really weird compliment, but as someone myself who didn't grow up with gospel, um, but who really wants to learn how to play it, your take on Love Theory was the first time I listened to a bass line and was both impressed, but also thought. I think I can do that. <laughs> so uh, which usually, you know, when you watch a gospel bass player, you're you're like, you, you, you're like, oh, that's awesome. But I, there's no way I could do that. But uh, I actually thought, I think I can do that. Um, and so I actually started transcribing out your bass line for that song. Now, it wasn't quite <laughs> it hasn't turned out to be as easy as I thought it would be. Um, but it is, it is doable. So, um, you know, that's, like I said, a weird compliment. But uh, it's it, that's you. It, <laughs> so anyway, why do you think that uh, that has been your most viewed video so far?
0: Oh, my gosh. Thank you for that. Like, honestly, you know what's crazy is that that literal compliment. I have gotten that a few times for some people, like from people like saying that that, that was like it was, it was just like, man you know, I actually think I could like play this. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I, was like, I was like, Oh wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, because like, honestly the story about love theory, um, that video, cause that video posted. So I got married. Uh, I'll give you a little backstory. Um, I got married last year. It's like, uh, I've only been married for about a year and a half now, but in June of last Congratulations. year, um, Oh, thank you. And, uh, and I recorded this, I was trying to record a couple of videos, to, so they could be, so I could schedule them for YouTube while I was like on my honeymoon because we're gonna be gone for two mm-hmm. weeks. I was like, oh, I want something to be going, and so I record. I was like, man, and I, and I wanted to. I heard the Love Theory song, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I, I want to do this. This is like because I, I saw every bass player in the world doing a cover of the song, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, I want to do, I want to do it. But it just seemed like the one thing. Like, and this is something that if you watch any of my covers, something that I I try to push is that I. I always push like this idea that um, I'm going to play this if I was the bass player that they had hired for this. You right. know, I'm going to play this like the other bass part really wasn't there. And I just like, you know, and I like, and that's kind of how I approach this. It. Like, man, if, if, you know, Kirk Franklin had called me, this is what I would have played, you know? And so mm-hmm. that's, that's the whole, literally the whole vibe for most of my covers And so whenever I did that one, I was like, I was kind of nervous. I was like, man, what am I going to do? You know? And I kind of sat with it for a week or so and just kind of like, okay, you know, let me just just fill it out. And because I I felt pressure because I was like, man, all these other bass players have like played this and they was just like, just killed it, like smashed all, (laughs) smashed it so much. I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) there's no way I could play that. Or there's no way I could, you know, so I just did, did whatever felt good for me and, and honestly, when I recorded it, it was, like, the first time ever I, like, that take, because usually, like, when you if you ever recorded a cover, you probably know exactly what I mean when I say this. But most times you don't get it on that first take,
2: <laughs> you know?
0: mm-hmm. um, And so, like, you have to do a couple of takes until you get comf- comfortable on everything like that. But honestly, what's crazy is that on that first take was actually the one that I posted, my very oh, first wow. take of playing it, playing it. And I was, like, and I remember playing it, and I was just, like, there's no, no no all right and I did like three four maybe four or five more takes and the first one was the one I used and I was like <laughs> oh, I was like okay it's so random there you go. Was like it's, it's so um from from then on like I, I just like posted it on my like, scheduled during my honeymoon I, I didn't even like, I, one of the things I did, I don't really look at my subscriber count for real and uh-huh. I just kind of like let let it happen and so remember when I got back from my honeymoon it's like, it's like get 50,000 views. And I was like, what? <laughs> My videos don't usually go back quick. And I was just like, what? And so it was like such a random, random thing. Like, it's just crazy how like, you know, certain videos don't, you know, you never see where they're, where they're going to go. Like you just post them out there and just be creative and, you know, and whatnot. And like, it's just crazy. I was like, wow. But I, I think, um, that particular video, um, I loved it because I felt like that was, that was truly just like my rendition of it. It wasn't mm-hmm. like taken from, it wasn't taken from anybody else. It wasn't taken from anything. Like, cause like when you listen to the song itself, they it like, uh, I, cause I, when I played it, like that was just like, honestly, what was in my head about it. And I was just like, okay, that's what I'm going to try and play. But like, when you listen to it, it's just like the bass is, is doing some cool stuff, but it's just very like open. And I, mm-hmm. I love that. But, I love that about it, and so I wanted to retain that, and so that's why I, you know, uh, played it the way I did. And and honestly, it's just like, man, it's it's been crazy to see people, you know, post covers of it, and and things like that. I'm like, man, it's crazy because it there was another guy who um, emailed me, and he sent me the transcript, transcript transcription of it, like in sheet music. And I was uh-huh. like, What? I was like, that probably took forever. I was like, there's no way I could do I could like transcribe something like that. That like 'cause I I wasn't there I've I've never actually transcribed like in detail gospel like that. Uh-huh. Um but I was just like, Man, that's crazy. That's so crazy.
1: Yeah, I can, I can, I can attest to that. It's, uh, that's what I've been doing is transcribing it out and I'm probably about halfway through it. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun because you can really, you really kind of get really intimate with the part and and what you're playing really, you you really kind of really get into how you're really playing the song and you really get into all the real nuances of what you're doing too, because you're like, okay, is this an eighth note? Is this a 16th note? What's he, what exactly is he doing here? So, um, and then when you go back and you listen to the original song, um, it's like, oh, that bass line's not as good. <laughs> it's just, it's like yours has is, yours is, yours is spoiled me on, you know, because it's like, that's what I expect the bass line to sound like now. So when you go back to the original song itself, it's like, oh, okay. I guess that's all he's doing there. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's great. Yeah. Well, here's a here's another funny tidbit about the uh, the song it, it right at about the three minute mark on the song. Um, you play a riff that's pretty much straight up a song called See the Lights by a band called Simple Minds. I don't know if you're familiar with that song what? or not.
0: No, not at all. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Simple Minds, 80s uh, synth pop band. They, they, you know, they, they had that song "Don't You Forget About Me" back in the 80s. It was a big popular song. But uh, if you if you Google the song "See the Lights" um, by Simple Minds, the the song starts off with that actual riff that you play right at, at the three minute mark of the song, and it's like no, almost like note for note.
0: <laughs> oh my God! <laughs> and so I honestly yeah. have no idea.
1: Yeah. And, and when I heard that, I was like, oh, my gosh, let's see the lights. And, it, and so it got me wondering if, if gospel music pulls its influences from other genres or if, you know, in, you know including pop music or, or maybe that was just a fluke that I just happened to, to catch.
0: Well, you know, honestly, I would actually agree with you that it does. It does pull, because honestly, because everybody always thinks, you know, oh, man, gospel's like this hard thing. It's, you know, super crazy. But honestly, really, all it is is a conglomerate of genres together, mm-hmm. in my mind at least. Because, like, because when you play funk or when you, if you play, you know, R&B or if you play, like, you know, pop music, all of that is, like, in gospel. Like all of that, mm-hmm. kind of gospel, you know, it's just, it's just like literally all of these put together. I think that's the reason why a lot of musicians love and l- want to learn how to play gospel. is because of that, because like, um, uh, because there's just so many, so many things like Kurt, Kurt Franklin, even himself, like when you look at his older stuff, some of his stuff is like just completely like almost, I would say, I don't want to say ripping off, but like, it's pretty much like a lot of old school songs, um, mm-hmm like uh like that he just took the music from and the bass lines from, and just like kind of created his own you know and created some of his own original material to it, and I was just like, man thats it's just so crazy, but what i like you know honestly with um with that whole line, I had no idea, I had no idea that, that was uh, <laughs> uh, uh like that was from there, but you know what's something um I've learned is that like. No matter what you do as a, like, as a creative or as a musician, like, there is a, um, you no, know, if you if you ingest it, like, if you hear it, if you see it, like, it's gonna, I've learned that it comes out in some kind of way, you know, it comes out mm-hmm. in creativity in some way. Even, even if I don't really know, you know, the band, you know, Simple Minds or anything like that, the fact that I may have heard that song once, you know, like,
2: mm-hmm.
0: years ago or something like that, and... And it just hit the like it just was in you know ingested into my brain. That's the reason when like that it came out. Like I feel like anytime you you know beat yourself like things, it could come out in your creativity. So like if you're like singing or if you have music, like because I'll just be open. I wasn't always into gospel music. Like growing mm-hmm. up, like I played gospel music in church, and uh, this is not this is something not a lot of people know about me. But I actually played like. Uh, I was into like metal. Oh wow! Metal. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, I know it, it seems weird, but I was really like <laughs> my teen years. I was like into like you know I got it, I had this metal phase, and I was learning wow. that, all that kind of stuff on bass, and then like I was learning it on guitar, and I don't I don't I don't know what where what, what place I was in at that particular age, <laughs> but, but that was but that was where I was at, and so. Because of that, I feel like I've developed an appreciation to like other genres, especially like rock genres and different things like that. And that sometimes comes out like in I think in melodically when I play. And so mm-hmm. like even though like uh, I'm my channel and like a lot of the things that I do on YouTube, like people know more know me as more like a funk and gospel and R and B kind of player. Like rock is kind of like where I was like the first genre I learned. <laughs> Which is crazy. Wow. So, wow. but um, but yeah, with creativity, like, and honestly, with creativity, is that's the, that's the reason why, like, sometimes those things come. You don't, you're not, you may not be studying it, but your brain is learning it. And so, like, mm-hmm. whenever you do create, and, and when you're creating from from nothing, or you, you're what you, that kind of thing comes out in your in just like your creativity and your playing.
1: Yeah, definitely, definitely. I I definitely had a lot of weird influences growing up myself, and sometimes I'll see them come out in music and... I'll be like, oh, is that like, you know, if I did, I just do like a Devo riff or something there, or you know, who knows what? <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, all these weird things from, you know, my growing up in the '80s and hearing a lot of weird stuff, and so yeah, it, uh, we definitely pull from everything, and, and but yeah, I, I completely was not expecting you to say metal. <laughs> that that, uh, that was a little bit of curveball there. Uh, <laughs> how long were you in the? How long were you in the metal?
0: Oh gosh, that was like, man. I start when I first started. It was probably from when I first started playing bass at thirteen to probably when I was like seventeen. or so oh, on. I was
1: in it for a, I was in it for a while. Um, did you Did you gig out any doing that type of stuff, or was it just mostly at home? It was just at home. Thank goodness. Yeah. That, that, I, I'm <laughs> glad I didn't go
0: down that path. <laughs> I don't know if I would have loved that path. But no, uh, well, that was man. That was a fun time.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll kind of move back then to gospel a little bit. Um, I I saw you on uh, uh, Luke McIntosh. He did a a conference with you, uh, a video, and uh, you were explaining about gospel on there. And you were mentioning that it was um, kind of a combination of pentatonic, arpeggios, blues scale, and tension and release. Uh, Can you kind of elaborate a little bit more on that and uh, kind of what you were referring to there and and how that kind of works within the, the gospel realm?
0: Well, yeah, That that honestly, um, and Luke is, by the way, Luke is awesome. If if any of y'all, you know, are looking for someone to follow, Luke is, he's got a great, great YouTube channel. Um, Yeah. And uh, honestly, that particular concept is one I I have not posted on my channel yet because I'm just trying to work through the lesson, make sure I have a good lesson for it because I want it to be very clear. (laughs) But honestly, the whole idea is that, gospel because everybody has this stigma that gospel music is such and and funk and r&b and all this is such a hard thing to play it's like oh my gosh how do i like i can't even understand the first thing he's doing because like it's not the major scale or you know but what's crazy is that when because like one of the things like with me and because i consider like i'm a player first before i teach you know And so, like, Mm -hmm. I I play a lot of gospel music, and I have to learn a lot of gospel music, and even, like, uh, funk music or R&B and all these, and pop music. Like, that's the kind of thing I learn to play, you know, with artists and different things all the time. And so by learning that material and learning it, I've learned, you know, some of the the things that people think are hard are actually simple, very, very simple. Hmm. And it's just like... It's all in your mind. Letting your mind like think of it as simple, because I, because it's easy to think of it hard. Oh my gosh, I can totally see why it could be super hard to think about. But honestly, yeah. when I go through go through this material, what i all this material that I learned, it, it just really it's kind of it plays off of each other, and it's really the the top three things when it comes to playing gospel music has to be, you know, uh, triad arpeggios and like uh, major seven and minor seven arpeggios. Um, and then like, um, the major pentatonic scale, minor pentatonic scale and the major scale, major mm-hmm. minor scale. And, and honestly, those three things, those three, you know, three main, you know, scales, pentatonic, major, and, um, and, uh, what did I say? Arpeggios. Those are like, those are like your kind of three main techniques to, to get you like, honestly, if you've mastered like those three tech those three, like, the two scales and the arpeggios, like you can get through most gospel music. Like mm. it was crazy, which is, which is surprising. you are probably like, hold on, but you know, but it's just the way you think about it. It's the, it's the because like, uh, there is a, a song that I'm about to actually post. Well, I had this like episode series. I started on my channel called show me that where I like, take mm-hmm. um, I don't know if you've seen it where I take like risks and stuff that people do. And I like, you know, break it down and make it yeah. understandable. Um, there was one I'm about to do with this guy named Alan Snoop Evans, and like he he's, he's a big gospel player. He's insane. And I was sitting here and I was trying to figure out. I was trying to figure out this part. The first lick was probably the hardest one to figure out because it's like he's playing this song called Your Great Name, and it's like uh by Todd Delaney. And he was playing with mm-hmm. him live, and like there's he's he doing these crazy licks. and I was like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? And then I just <laughs> got there and, then, and I was just like it took me a second to get the first one because it was hard to hear and I was listening and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's just a minor seven arpeggio. And then I, and huh. then I was like, Oh, and that's just the, you know, the a major seven arpeggio. And then I was like, and then it was just like pentatonic to connect it. And I was like, that's it. <laughs> you know, I was like, it's <laughs> so crazy because like the, 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 the lick itself, like when I, I'll be posting it in the uh, next few days, but like, the literally the lick itself, it was like, I was just like, it sounds like so much more than that. But, huh. but the thing is, is that it was only those three techniques. It was the, the uh, arpeggios and pentatonic scale. And, and then there was, and I was like, and, and it just, that was how like it, it connected. And that was just, it was just insane, but it's just the way that people think about those. Cause sometimes you want to think about like your pentatonic and major scale, just the way you learn them. Like, in that position of, you know, rather than thinking about changing, instead of starting on that first note, starting the third note, instead of starting the third note, starting the fifth note, or starting the fourth note, you know, whatever it is, and like, and that's, you know, that's how you find your modes, you know, is by doing that, changing your starting note. Right. Um, and so that's honestly the way, because the way the gospel players think and the way you know these kind of players think is that they they don't want to make anything predictable. And that's and that's the reason why it's hard to figure it out because it's something you you're not thinking about. It's like, oh yeah, this is a pentatonic scale, but but this is starting on like the six, or mm-hmm. this is starting on like the the four. It's like, hold on, what? <laughs> you know, and, and and that kind of thing is what throws you off, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned also in that video, you know, in, inter, entrance on the color and then exit on the uh, pentatonic into the groove. So that's kind of like you're almost like a, a simple formula to a certain degree what you're saying where, you, you know, something a little interesting, that unpredictable up front, but then you kind of go into something a little bit more predictable and then back into the groove.
0: Yeah, well, and that's and literally that's, that's, a, that's the way, like, I've learned like from, especially a lot of players in town here in Nashville, man, man, I'll just tell you, I've learned so much just being, being here in Nashville. It's just, it's just insane from other people because I'm, because I'm like at the bottom of a a massive totem pole here. (laughs) And so like, like, I've, I learned like so much, you know, just being here. And so there was, um, I learned that uh, basically by being in sessions here, because like, if, if it's too predictable, like, then it's, if it's like, if it's like, uh, too much sounds too much like a scale or too much like, you know, like something people have heard before, then it's just like, it just kind of like makes them feel less like, you know, interested. It's like, oh, that's, yeah. Oh, oh, that's cool. But like, if you, if you change the way you played it, it's like, whoa, what was that? You know, especially for <laughs> musicians, because like, you know, musicians, we, we're always looking like, as every time, like as a bass player, you probably hear bass lines before you hear anything else.
2: <laughs> you know? mm-hmm.
0: And so, like, um, whenever you're hearing something, if you hear something different or something, it's like, oh wow, that's that's cool. What's that? You know, like because you're it's the way you're introduced to it. Because sometimes mm-hmm. the way you introduce a lick, if you introduce a lick with something different, it doesn't matter what happened. And this is the whole concept. If you introduce something, introduce a lick. Or groove with something different. Whatever you do after that is going to sing cool. So, like if mm-hmm. you if you um, introduce elix licks like with like this like a normal like major triad one three five arpeggio, arpe- you know that will work. But if you if you introduce the same arpeggio but you started on the three and do three five one, then it may make it different. And then if you just get a straight pentatonic scale after that, and then you, right. then you're you're starting to like create, uh, it's like almost like a, a just an interest. It's like, hold on. What was that? Like, because the whole secret to, and I, I, I don't even know, like, if this is even in the same topic, but the whole like secret to like playing like licks and music is, you know, making it, um, it's finding the way to make things more interesting for the listener and I just posted a video mm-hmm. about like worship worship music and how like you know how to make worship music less boring. I just that was like video I posted <laughs> last week. Um, and and uh, and like kind of I kind of explained this this whole concept is that like whenever someone's listening, you know the one of the main things that they're listening for is that one they're listening for something that they can connect to, but they're also listening for something that keeps their interest. So that's the reason why like when professionals play bass or play instruments or at, at all. It's like they they play in certain spots because they want you to keep listening. It almost makes you keep like ear candy. It's like they want you keep listening. You don't put all your chops in in one verse. Right. You don't put all your chops in, in you know in all in one chorus or whatever. So like I always say, like you know, verse intro, verse one, you know, chorus, just super pocket, and then um, the verse two and the second time you go through, people aren't learning the song anymore. So like you can do something that creates interest. So like I right. do like a little lick somewhere, even even if it's not like some kind of crazy gospel lick, I can just do like a little you know something, and it makes people be like ooh, it makes you feel like there there's something more that you can do, more that you can do because you always because mm-hmm. basically the thing is you want people to the listeners to hear it and want more, and that's what makes them want to continue to listen to it. It's like ooh yeah. that was good. And it doesn't, you know, what I'm saying. So.
1: Yeah, you're revealing, you're revealing over. Yeah, you're revealing over time instead of just everything at once, which uh, they keep seeing. Oh, there's a little bit more. Oh, there's a little bit more. Oh, there's a little bit more, and it keeps growing, and so that that, that gets that interest. Okay, what's the next one going to be?
0: Right. Exactly. Well, and jazz players, man. People always, you know, give jazz players a hard time, but jazz players, they, they're honestly. That, that's kind of their mindset as well but the thing is with jazz is like they their the way they start is like deeper than most people could even think yeah <laughs> you know like it's like there's it's just their their minds are so, their creativity goes so much deeper because like it's like with with pop music you can't really go out there you can't really throw like a, this crazy just gospel lick just massive gospel lick and just like a normal pop song or something like that um, but like but if like in a jazz scenario, that crazy gospel lick is like their starting point. <laughs> 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 it's like, okay, that's we're true. gonna start here with this and then like when we go we're gonna like go even deeper later as we go into it. I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. But that's what that's why musicians love jazz though, because it's just like you go so they're so out of they're so out of the box that like that was like, Man, this is so cool <laughs> you know, this is so much theory and like in, in the moment and stuff. But anyways.
1: Yeah, if you can survive, you can survive doing jazz, and you can pretty much play anything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I saw that uh, you uh, you had a, a newer video up where you were demoing a new bass, a uke bass, from uh, Lanakai. Um, so it looks like you got uh, some sponsorship from uh, Sweetwater. That's pretty cool. How'd that come about? <laughs>
0: Man, that's honestly that that happened a a couple of months ago, and I was just really, really like shocked they they reached out to me. I mean, because some sometimes like when you have a YouTube channel, like if you put your email like somewhere in there, you always get random spam stuff and people like Mm -hmm. you know, like hey, I would love to get you to sponsor this video, but first, can you purchase our product? (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know stuff like that. Um, And so, like, I got this random email from this this girl uh, at Sweetwater. And I was just like it's just kinda like random and I was just like, Uh, okay. And I was like, Hey Sweetwater <laughs> you know, like just kinda like because I was I was thinking this can't be real. And so like I, yeah. I just messaged them, it's like, hey, and I was just a little I was just trying to be professional, but just trying to see like what this is like a spam spam or not. And she was just like, Yeah, I would love to, um, you know, talk about, you know, like being a sponsor of you, or like you know, being endorsing you for your videos, and I was like, okay. And so like, they, she like told me about you know we talked through some things, and like she's like, I've got a I've got one that I want to start you on, but it might be a little weird. And I was like, okay. And it's like a ukulele bass, and I was like. <laughs> okay all right and so then and, and she just got my address and everything and just get the base to
2: me <laughs> i was like that's awesome
0: all right and i was like okay that's that's crazy and so um and so when i got it in i i, I didn't want to like i didn't want to just because I, I looked on the like uh, other like reviews of the base and i was just like there's not really a lot of great you know actual like thing like reviews of like the practical aspect of this base, um, mm-hmm. online. And so I was just like, that's what I want to do. And so, and so I just took it. I, um, cause I've been, I haven't really been traveling much because of, you know, 2020, everybody knows. Right. <laughs> um, like I I've been like from March all the way until August, I haven't traveled at all. And so mm-hmm. August, I just started, you know, traveling a little bit. And, um, and so I started like, uh, I just grabbed when I got that bass it was right in that same point. And so I took it, just took it with me to a few things and I was just like, man, this thing is actually really dope. <laughs> I actually really like yeah. it a lot. Like, cause I'll, I've always wanted acoustic bass just so I could have it for acoustic events. Cause I, when I play with artists, sometimes they have like, um, either acoustic events or, like, acoustic tours, like radio tours and stuff like that. And sometimes you don't want to have to be the, that one guy, because I've been on a few gigs before, like, that one guy that has, you know, an electric bass and everybody else has an acoustic instrument. <laughs> and I'm like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, like okay. Right. But um, so now, like, with this, I actually just played, in a, played like, a, a video shoot with a, the one of the artists um, that I play with. And with it and they were just like, man, that thing sounds really good and like and it it records well and all this kind of stuff and I was just like so shocked by it that like when I said when I make that had that title which I know like you know, my title's like the bass that every bass player needs. Like some people I knew I was gonna get some backlash from that. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but uh I honestly truly when I, I do that kind of stuff it's honestly my, my true opinion about about it. Even though it's like it kind of seems like clickbait or whatever, uh, that that's honestly a lot. Of, I try to be truthful in everything that I do. That's the reason why I don't like even with, with videos that like sponsorship videos and things like that. I don't ever want to like suggest anything that I actually don't use. So like mm-hmm. that's the reason why I haven't done a lot of reviews and stuff like that because a lot of the things that you know people sent me and things like that, I really am not a, a fan of. <laughs> so. Hmm. And so, so the reason like I did that bass because I I was like man I am actually a fan of this. This has actually changed my life a little bit. Cool. <laughs> so, so, but yeah, I love yeah that video was um, a lot of fun. And Sweetwater, we've got some uh, more videos to come that we are working on. Um, the next one just to give you a little insight, uh, I'm going to be doing one on the best bass strings for funk, R and B, and gospel. Oh, okay. Uh, which is which which is some strings I've been wanting to to, to use for a while, Because like, with with strings it's like it's sometimes hard to figure like try out strings because it's mm-hmm. like you don't want to spend you don't want to spend money on something like and like and and have to like go buy another pack if you don't like like them. you know what I'm saying Because sometimes yeah. bass strings could be like thirty or forty bucks
1: <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's it's like a commitment, because you, you, cause you're usually going to have them on your bass for a while, so it's like, oh, I hope I, I'm going to like these. <laughs> exactly. So I'm, I'm going to
0: um, save everybody the trouble for if you're looking for funk and bass, you know, strings, and kind of just uh, do that, you know, and just do one where it's kind of all these ones I've been asking people about, you know, what kind of strings yeah. they want and stuff, or what kind of strings they want to see. But anyway, but yeah.
1: yeah. Well, speaking some more of gear, you've got that uh, really uh, white jazz with the with the bold gold <laughs> appearance on it. Um, well, it, it. That's that's a, a base mod's base. Is that correct?
0: Yes, it is a base mod.
1: You tell us a little bit about that because you you feature that in a lot of your your videos. Is that it sends, looks like it's probably your your main base that you use.
0: Yes, yeah, you know, my my base mods. Um, is definitely the main base that I use, and honestly, I, I was to be honest, I was very shocked because this is one of those things where you got it online, you never you never got to play it before, and so mm-hmm. I, was oh, like, okay. uh, I was like, I like, oh, uh. I mean, I played somebody's before, but it was not like mine at all, and I was like, I was kind of nervous, and just to give you a little backstory of the um, how I got the base. There's a church um, that I was helping out um, for, like I've been helping out for some years. And they, uh, and this is such a crazy story, I, I, like, I don't ever get to tell it, but um, they, I was playing uh, at their church for something, and they just, like, threw, like, they just like, hey, we want to do this album. Is there any way you could, like, you know, play on this album, you know, in the next two days? Like, it was, like, 10 or 12 songs. And I was like, uh, <clears throat> okay. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so I, um, I I just made it work, and I just Played. I recorded all the songs for the, those 10 to 12 songs, like, in those two days, and, like, up late, really late and all that, and so as a gift, they gave me this bass. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so, yeah, and so I was like, uh, what?
2: <laughs> and so,
0: <laughs> they, 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 um, and they let me pick the, you know, the hardware and stuff like that, and I was like, oh, alright, okay, and so, I, I took it. I mean, I, I was just like, all right, I'll take that. They take that gift. But I'll receive it. Sweet. <laughs> and, and so honestly, I was able to, you know, pick up the pickups and the, like the pick guard and the hardware, which is really cool. Cause with base mods, all base mods are, um, are like, there's just like, they basically have a body and you just, mm-hmm. just kind of customize everything else essentially. I got it. Okay. Mod it, mod it. Uh, and so like, i chose the the RG, r, um the r e j no the yeah, r e j pickups r e j five pickups which is like their rare earth pickups which i don't even think they make the ones that i have anymore they have like a better one now mm-hmm. so they're like their own like base mod pickups that the base mod makes and then uh they're also they i have their three band um uh preamps that they like have the so base mods preamps um a friend of mine told me, he has like a lot of bass mod basses, and he told me, he's like, he said the best bass, you know, best um, tone from bass mods are, are their stuff. He's like, he's like, their pickups and their preamps, he's like, just go all bass mods and do it. Because he has ones with Bartolini he has ones with, you know, um, all these, you know, other pickups and such. Mm-hmm. And he was just like, he's like, his favorite ones are the ones that are just the bass mods. And I was like, okay. And so that's what I did. I, I just I just got that. And I chose like uh, a, I, I thought it was like a, I guess a brown pick guard. And then when I got it in, I was like, oh, this doesn't look brown. This looks, <laughs> it's like goldish. It's like kind of like, a, I don't know. It, was, it didn't, it was like, wow, this is the coolest looking brown I've ever seen. <laughs> but but it, was, it, didn't, it didn't look like that whenever I, I picked it out and I was like, okay. And then like the, the color was a little different in the gold hardware. I was just like, all right, it kind of works. (laughs) Yeah. And so, and I, and that was honestly um, the story of, you know, getting the base, but like this base is probably one of my favorite bases I've ever had. Um, I like, uh, it has uh, something about this one that's really cool. And this is something that um, I think a lot of these bases have is uh, 18 volts of power. Like, this is an mm-hmm. a, a, a active bass, uh, so I have two non-volts in the back instead of just one. Right. Which, um, which whenever you cut it's the volume up. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, and it's crazy. It's like, when you cut the volume, and this is something interesting I had to learn with this bass, you cut the volume all the way up, it, like, it goes from, like, it's, like, it's using one battery, and then whenever you go to, like, a certain point, it, like, doubles the volume. And I was like, huh. what? <laughs> and i was like but i've learned how to use that to my advantage because i don't always have a crank all the way up you know and stuff like that but and it also just basically has like a active passive knob mm-hmm. so like i could i could go active or like you know passive just by pulling That's my cool. knob out and pushing it down which is cool um yeah. but yeah
1: what what kind of like pickup blend do you normally run are you you mix it up a lot or do you have kind of a favorite setting
0: um, honestly, I usually just go flat. Um, the only, the only time that with my blend, I usually just, it's just flat and it just depends on the type of music. So like, if I'm playing like, um, really old school gospel, I mm-hmm. sometimes pull the pickup more towards the bridge a little bit okay, or more towards that bridge pickup because it kind of gives more of like a tighter kind of like Ken, Ken Smith, basically kind of cone. Um, right. And then, like, uh, and when I'm playing something that's a little bit more like I wanted to sound more like a P bass or more like, you know, deeper, more mid mid rangey, I would pull up, you know, my pickups there to my neck pickup. Most like mm-hmm. that blend to the neck pickup a little bit more. Maybe not all the way, but just like somewhere in the middle, you know? Right. And uh, and then that's usually the only time I change it depending on the song, but 90%, 80%, you know, I'll say 85% of the time, it's just. Just straight in the middle, you know, before getting balanced, both pickups. And the only other thing with, with EQ that I would change sometimes is, like, my highs. So if my strings start to get dead on me, um, mm-hmm. is that, like, I just crank up my highs just a little bit. Not not too crazy, because I don't want my bass to sound thin, but just a little bit past that middle mark, you know, that middle notch that everybody has.
1: And mm-hmm.
0: so, but yeah.
1: Well, that's cool. Any other, any other like signal chain stuff that uh, you want to tell us about that uh, you use, or does it just really use whatever is available to you, or, or or do you have particular tools that you you always make sure you take with you?
0: Honestly, my main thing uh, I've learned, you know, is that you know I'm sure people have heard this before, but like you know, eighty-five to ninety percent of your tone comes from your hands. And so, mm-hmm. but like, and so like when I grab play, that's always the way, the way I, I think, you know, like, you know, where, where am I going to play is going to depend on my tone. And so what I've learned with that is that I don't really need a lot of pedals, you know, to, to play through, you know, to, to have that, um, to get a good sound. Yeah. And so what yeah. I've learned is like, is that if I, if you put a lot of money and get one really good, like pedal or D I, like, you don't need, you really don't need much more outside of that. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I like, so I have an API uh, LX, okay, uh, which is like a, a transformer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, it's basically what it is, is like a preamp and compressor that they put together from like one of, the, like from their hard Because like API is like a really huge, like, um, if you would ever go into a studio, that's what they use for like a lot of preamp yeah. and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, they're five hundred series modules and all the different things that they have. Yeah, they're yeah, they got some good stuff.
0: Well, and I'm uh, so there's a place here in Nashville uh, called Vintage King. I was uh, going, I was just randomly just checking it out, and like I saw this pedal there, and I was just like, man, what is this? This is an API, something from API. <laughs> and and uh, like I just plugged it in, and I was just like, man, this thing sounds really great, and like the tone, huh. I can change my tone so much from it, and like. And so, and it was like it was a DI, but it's a pedal. That's what that's what it is. Is so like, I can and also you could pl- plug DI and you know your quarter inch out. So like you have two two lines or two different like you know lines mm-hmm. of output or two outputs going out. So like sometimes like in the studio people want you know or in, even live, too they want that XLR just direct. And then they also, and you also want something to go to your amp too. So you could do that mm-hmm. with this is like, you could go direct from the pedal and then like also go direct into your amp as well, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, that's the, honestly, the, the, the pedal is not the cheapest. <laughs> Let me just say, that. Um, yeah. but like ever since I got the pedal, like I haven't really had a need for, for anything else. So every time I go somewhere, I always have like, good volume and good tone based off of just this one little pedal. And like, if I wanted to add like some distortion or something, if I'm playing like something kind of like, you know, CCM ish or like something where it's just like a lot more, you know, simple things or rockish, I could, I could have it, but I'd go through that, you know, and it just gives it more of like a tighter and like smoother tone, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, no, that's honestly that in a I have like a tu two like a Boss tuner tuning pedal okay a chromatic tuner yeah. and those are literally the only two things I take everywhere I go are just those two yeah things.
1: yeah those API units are really pretty pretty nice uh, so um, that's cool to hear that you're using it so well um, that's got a, that's got some EQ as well if I remember correctly is that right
0: yeah yeah it's the EQ is really really nice on it. And you can you can really yeah. get some really cool tones from it too.
1: Cool, cool. Well, do you have uh, any any other ex- or new exciting plans that you want to report for for next year 20,
0: 2021? Oh man, well man, twenty twenty one can't get here fast enough.
1: Uh,
2: <laughs> 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 I
0: know. Um, Isn't that the truth? But it, it's all right. No, um, honestly, I just released a video. Yes, Let's see, yes. But yeah, yesterday, yesterday, of um, something new that I'm starting. I get a lot of questions about um, private lessons and things like that. And mm-hmm. I have taught private lessons for years and years now. And I like let go of like all of my private students um, not too long ago. And because I was trying to put, I'm trying to push my YouTube a little bit more. And mm-hmm. I just made the choice to because of, of the messages I've been getting is that I'm going to start teaching private lessons to anybody who like publicly I've, I've, I'm only doing 10 slots per month, but basically it's like, you can, um, purchase a slot, you know, and have like an hour, in, a lesson with me. And it, it's not a recurring thing where you have to be like signed up and doing it every month. Like, it's just like, just whenever you want to, you just claim a slot, you know, that's cool. That's cool. Have a lesson. So that's something new for 2020, which I just launched that uh, just it's really launching, um, next week, but I just put an announcement out, um, yesterday, but like, it's, I'm going to be doing that. That's a new, a new, uh, tier for my Patreon that, you know, that I'm doing. So, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's one thing. And then, um, for my YouTube channel, I'm going to be, I'm working on, uh, doing some merch, which is going to be exciting. Uh, something I've been wanting, wanting to do now a little bit more. So I, um, But I don't want it to. I don't ever want to do anything halfway. So I've been kind of just taking my time with like planning it out.
1: (laughs) Okay, cool. What any any particular type of merchandise you're you're looking to do?
0: Um, I definitely, uh, of course, like shirts, hoodies, hats. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm thinking about even like some more base specific things that I'm wanted to do. I'm trying to figure out like what it like if I'm going to do like a strap or something like that. Um. Some things, I'm thinking, like, I've, I've got to ask. I'm probably going to, like, throw a question out there, like, on my Instagram or something and just be like, hey, what would you guys want to say? You know, because yeah. I'm
2: not,
0: like, a, I'm not a fashion guru at, at all. <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm oh, just cool. like trying to figure it out. But yeah.
1: Oh, cool. 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 All right. Well hey, I won't take up too much more of your time here. I do appreciate um, you know, coming on the podcast and sharing information with us and, and just hanging out and talking. Really appreciate it. And uh, anything any any last words you wanna you wanna leave us with?
0: Um well I mean never stop growing. That's always there that's you, always my attitude. Yeah. Never stop growing.
1: Well and your video channel channel definitely helps to a lot of people to to, to continue to, to grow and learn new things. We, we appreciate what you're doing and the content that you're putting out.
0: Oh thank you so much. I think thank you for even like watching it. <laughs>
1: That's it for another episode of Bass Guitar Worship Blender Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to my guest today, Travis Dykes, for uh, for your time and, and uh, for all that you do for the bass community, uh, all the content that you create on your YouTube channel. If you haven't already checked him out on YouTube, then definitely go to YouTube and do a search for Travis Dykes, and Dykes is D-Y-K-E-S, and uh, subscribe to his channel and follow uh, along and see the stuff that he's doing. He's definitely producing some good content. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. All right. So, uh, God bless you. Thank you so much for listening and, uh, we'll talk to you next time.